0: Good morning, welcome to NTD.
1: Good morning, here are today's top stories. South Korea's opposition leader stabbed on the campaign trail. Details of the attack and the politicians' condition.
0: At least 48 people killed in the massive earthquake that decimated Western Japan. And the death toll is expected to rise. We have the latest updates.
1: Iran sends a warship into the Red Sea and blames the U.S. and U.K. for increasing instability in the region. This after U.S. Navy forces thwarted a Houthi attack on a cargo ship over the weekend.
0: The U.S. pulling its most advanced aircraft carrier out of the Middle East. will tell you about the three warships sent to take its place.
1: Harvard University President Claudine Gay facing new allegations. Find out what's causing controversy now in her old work.
0: It's a new year but congress is still grappling with the same old problems. Melina Wisecup recaps what congress punted into the new year and the main obstacles in this divided congress.
1: The new year brings new movies to theaters. We take a look at some highly anticipated films coming out in 2024 from long-awaited sequels to Hollywood originals. Stay tuned to find out more.
2: This is NTD Good Morning. Live from our global headquarters, here are Evelyn Lee and Kevin Hogan.
0: Welcome to NTD. Welcome, today is
1: Tuesday, January 2nd.
0: And you know that USS Gerald Ford aircraft carrier is coming home and that's after eight months on deployment and two extensions and some analysts are saying that keeping that second carrier in the Middle East adds a long term right. strain on the US Navy.
1: Yeah, but it certainly helped keep Iran at bay.
0: Yeah, well, that's undoubtedly the case. And we're gonna have more on that later with a retired lieutenant commander. But for our lead story, we're taking you to the Asia Pacific with a harrowing incident.
1: That's right, our top stories comes comes out of Korea, this, South Korea this morning. The opposition Democratic Party leader, Lee Jae-myung, was stabbed in the neck today.
0: The politician was on the campaign trail in the southern city of Busan. Lee was touring the site of a proposed airport, according to Yonhap News Agency.
1: Footage shows an attacker lunging at him with a knife among a crowd of supporters and TV reporters.
0: Lee collapsed to the ground before the assailant was subdued and taken into police custody.
1: News reports say the attacker was in his 50s or 60s wearing a paper crown with Lee's autographed name on it.
0: Lee was quickly airlifted to a nearby hospital for treatment. Police say that he is conscious and not in critical condition, but his exact status is unknown. We'll keep you updated.
1: Reports from the devastating New Year's Day earthquake that hit western Japan are coming in. Officials say at least 48 people were killed and tens of thousands are without power. But the problems may not be over yet. Experts warn there is a chance that more quakes will rock the area. Here's what we know so far.
3: On a day the calendar turned to a new year, western Japan felt the earth move with it. This woman said, my city is in a terrible situation, with fears things could get worse. The earthquake had a depth of about six miles, triggering tsunami warnings along the West Coast. Eventually, the warnings were canceled as the threat of larger waves passed, though advisories continued for Western Japan, a region unaccustomed to this level of disruption.
4: People there have felt
3: earthquakes probably over the years, but this is to my knowledge, the biggest earthquake by far, so people haven't, don't have experience with an earthquake this size. Cameras captured what it looked like, felt like, as the 7.5 magnitude earthquake hit around four in the afternoon on a holiday. How people ducked for cover and couldn't quite believe their eyes in the moment. Next challenge, assessing the damage. At least 33,000 homes without power. About 1,400 passengers stranded on bullet trains brought to a standstill. ALL WHILE ROADS ARE DAMAGED, BUILDINGS COLLAPSED. PRESIDENT JOE BIDEN SAID IN A STATEMENT, THE U.S. STANDS READY TO PROVIDE ANY NECESSARY ASSISTANCE TO JAPAN AND TO ITS PEOPLE WHO HAVE WEATHERED MORE THAN 30 AFTERSHOCKS WITH MORE LIKELY.
5: I WOULD BE CONCERNED ABOUT IT uh, HAVING
1: SIGNIFICANT AFTERSHOCKS OVER THE COMING MONTHS OR EVEN ANOTHER YEAR.
3: A YEAR OF POTENTIAL REMINDERS OF WHAT HAPPENED THIS FIRST DAY OF JANUARY.
1: At least 1,000 Japanese troops are on the job. 8,500 more are on standby, helping to search, rescue and clean up. So far, plants are operating normally and no damages have been reported.
0: The death toll and the injury numbers may rise, with reports that there could still be people buried under the rubble of destroyed houses.
1: And North Korean leader Kim Jong-un said his military should thoroughly annihilate the U.S. and South Korea if provoked. North Korean state media reported yesterday.
0: He also vowed to boost national defense to cope with what he called an unprecedented U.S.-led confrontation.
1: In a party meeting last week, Kim said he will launch three more military spy satellites, produce more nuclear materials, and develop attack drones this year. Observers say it's an attempt to increase his leverage in future diplomacy with the U.S.
0: In his New Year's Day address, South Korea's president said he will strengthen his military's preemptive strike missile defense and retaliatory capabilities. That's in response to the North Korean nuclear threat. Experts say small clashes between North and South Korea could happen this year along their heavily armed border. North Korea is also expected to test launch intercontinental ballistic missiles capable of reaching the U.S. And here for a discussion on the ramped up war rhetoric from North Korea, we hear from Brent Sadler, a senior research fellow in Naval Warfare and Advanced Technology at the Heritage Foundation. Brent, thank you for making the time today. Good morning and thanks for having me on. So why is North Korea ramping up its war rhetoric right now?
6: Well, it's interesting in one respect, the timing because you have Xi Jinping in Beijing who also had similar type of rhetoric with regards to Taiwan. but again, on the other side of this, the, these new year statements that they make, they usually can be, you know, statements of intent, but also just statements to rally the troops, so to speak. And again, there's always dangers always lurking around the corner with North Korean regime, and the reason for it, the rationale for it, oftentimes escapes Western a- and analyst uh, understandings.
0: Right, and Kim Jong Un's rhetoric follows the U.S. and South Korea's increased military mm-hmm. drills that happened in the last few months. Do you suspect that Kim Jong-un is trying to flex his military muscle right now to get concessions if former President Trump does win the White House this year?
6: I think it's more domestic-focused in, in, in regards that he sees that the South, the United States and Japan are coming together in ways that could be perceived as threatening or as countering his, his own military might, and so to continue to bolster his regime's strength and I guess unassailability from any outside force, he has to go down this route and put out more rhetoric, test more nuclear devices, with the range to to target the United States.
0: Yeah, it's a really interesting perspective. And if we look back to 2018, Trump had sought to Mm -hmm. denuclearize North Korea in exchange for reducing some of those joint military drills with the South and lifting sanctions and so forth. So what are North Korea's capabilities right now?
7: Well,
6: the, the most troubling to my mind in the last few years has been the development of an at-sea ballistic missile program. So they can launch nuclear weapons now from submarines. Now, it's not nuclear-powered submarine, so it's only able to stay at sea for so long. But that's a lot harder threat to keep track of. It's a lot harder threat to counter because it can get a lot closer to its target. Uh, that in my mind is the most dangerous. Of course, they are the ballistic missiles that are very well known the road mobile, like you see on your screen right now. And then there's the cruise missiles, which are also very dangerous and deadly that the North has developed. But again, those threats are mostly for South, South Korea and to Japan.
0: Yeah, definitely a very serious threat, that at-sea launcher that you said, given that Kim Jong-un is saying that he would annihilate the United States if he was provoked. Is the U.S. doing enough to rein in North Korea? Well, I think probably the best
6: way to rein in the regime in Pyongyang is to not give them too much airtime. The other part of it is to actually go after the money. The regime survives by a, an illicit network around the world to bring in money to prop up the regime and to pay off its party members to continue its authoritarian grip on the control in, in North Korea. So if you really wanna rein it in, you have to go after the bottom line with the, with the regime. And it hasn't been clear that there's been any new initiatives Sanctions have not been effective, but more proactive measures going after their illicit networks have in the past been, I guess, effective. The most notable was the $26 million that was direct Kim regime money that was held last decade, actually back in 2008 or so, by the Bush administration in the Bank
0: of Macau. So just in 30 seconds here, Brent, can you elaborate on what you mean by not giving them the airtime and how that would help?
6: Well, I think the first off is that the Kim regime will actually... Uh, gain a lot of prestige by the more that capitals in Washington, D.C., Tokyo, Seoul, and even in European countries have to talk about the Kim regime. It means they're relevant. And so not giving them that airtime actually undermines and takes away some of the benefit that they get by rattling their sabers.
0: It makes sense. Brent Sadler, Senior Research Fellow for Naval Warfare and Advanced Technology at the Heritage Foundation, thank you for weighing in on this. Thank you very much.
1: Iran reportedly sent a warship to the Red Sea, accusing the U.S. and the U.K. of increasing instability in the region.
0: Iranian state media said one of Iran's destroyers entered from the Gulf of Aden yesterday. The move comes after
1: U.S. helicopters sunk three Houthi boats over the weekend, killing the pirates on board. The U.S. was responding to a distress call from a cargo ship under fire from Houthi forces.
0: The Houthis say 10 of their combatants were killed and warned of consequences. Iran's foreign ministry says the action by the U.S. will raise regional and international concerns about security in the region.
1: U.S. Central Command says verbal warnings were first given to the Houthis and that they had reacted by shooting at the helicopters.
0: The White House says it's not seeking a wider conflict in the Middle East. The U.K. says it won't hesitate to take direct action to deter threats to navigation in the Red Sea. And coming up, it's a brand new year, but Congress is still grappling with the same old problems. Melina Wisecup recaps what Congress has punted into the new year and the main obstacles in this divided Congress.
1: Harvard University President Claudine Gay drawing heat again for some of her published work. Find out what the new allegations are.
0: New Jersey officials say GOP governors have found a loophole in New York City's migrant busing rules. as Texas starts flying hundreds north to Illinois on New Year's Day. More updates on the illegal immigration crisis.
1: And New Year's Day travel takes a wrong turn as pro-Palestinian demonstrators descend on an international airport. That story after the break. Welcome back. It's a brand new year, but Congress is still grappling with the same old problems. In Washington, D.C., unfinished business is still piled up from last year. Many of the items on the agenda don't have a clear path forward.
0: And today's Melina Cup has more on the 2024 bottlenecks for this divided Congress.
8: Lawmakers are in for a rocky road ahead this new year from everything such as stalled negotiations on border policy to Ukraine and Israel aid. And let's not forget lawmakers still have no permanent solution to fund the government past mid-January. Remember they left for the holiday recess without coming up with a permanent solution, only finding a temporary one to keep the lights on. Now when they come back to D.C. they'll have only around a week's time to figure something out to be able to once again avoid a government shutdown by the end of this month. Speaker Johnson says that if Congress fails to reach an agreement in time, he'll try to push through a full year continuing resolution. Now this has upset lawmakers on both sides of the aisle because it would mean locking in last year's spending levels, meaning that lawmakers wouldn't be able to make any changes in spending for this fiscal year. As for those high-stakes negotiations around immigration policy and Ukraine aid, senators say they're making progress but with illegal immigration yet again hitting a record high around 225,000 illegal crossings in the month of December, Republicans are really holding a hard line on this issue and it's unclear how much Senate Democrats and the White House will be willing to accept. Plus, we've heard absolutely nothing about progress on aid to Israel. And on a more political note, Republican leadership in the House needs to decide if and when they're going to hold a full floor vote on whether or not to impeach President Biden after they launched the official inquiry just before leaving D.C. All of these issues emerging as major hot-button topics so controversial that Congress could not solve them before last year's end, and it's unclear if this year will be any different. Reporting from Washington, D.C., Melina Wisecup, NTD News. Harvard University
1: President Claudine Gay is in the hot seat again.
0: She is facing six new accusations of plagiarism, bringing the total to nearly 50.
1: This means that more than half of her published works are now involved in the ongoing scandal.
0: One of the new charges relates to a 2001 article where she allegedly copied almost half of a page from another scholar, David Cannon, without giving proper credit according to the Free Beacon.
1: Despite the allegations canon, the original author claims he's not worried about it and doesn't see it as academic plagiarism.
0: Harvard announced last week that Gay plans to submit corrections to her 1997 Ph.D. dissertation to correct instances of what she called inadequate citation.
1: Moving to an update on the border crisis, California is now the first state to offer all illegal immigrants universal health insurance. Over 700,000 living in the state illegally gained access to free health care yesterday.
0: That's under California's Medicaid program, Medi-Cal. State officials estimate it will eventually cost taxpayers over $3 billion a year. California Governor Gavin Newsom's office told ABC News that everyone deserves access to health care regardless of income or immigration status.
1: In Maryland, last month, Howard County officials defended creating a school board seat exclusively for a student that only public school students can vote in. Residents challenging the practice say it's unconstitutional and discriminating, partly because it excludes students from, re- from religious schools. The matter is now in appeals court.
0: A Howard County Attorney says that if the same process, that same process, if used to create a board seat for illegal immigrants using the same reserve vote, would not violate the 14th Amendment. Meanwhile, Texas Governor Greg Abbott seems to have found a workaround to New York City ordinances that limit busing. And today's Jeremy Sandberg tells us more.
9: Hundreds of illegal immigrants flown out from Texas landed in Rockford, Illinois, early New Year's Day, a continuation of a policy of sending migrants to Democratic-led cities. A Boeing 777 landed around 1 a.m. at Chicago Rockford International, carrying over 350 illegal immigrants. Local media says they were put on charter buses. Republican Governor Greg Abbott says his campaign to send thousands north to Democrat-controlled cities is being done to take the strain off border cities and to pressure Democrats. Texas says it's targeting Chicago, a so-called sanctuary city that limits cooperation with federal immigration enforcement. Monday's flight appears to be in response to a Chicago city ordinance that fines bus companies who drop migrants off without notice. In New Jersey, illegal immigrants headed for New York City are being dropped off by buses to use train stations instead. A spokesman for New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy says the state is now being used as a transit point for migrants. See, Caucus Mayor Michael Gennelli called it a loophole to bypass New York City Mayor Eric Adams' new executive order limiting arrivals. Gennelli said four busloads arrived over the weekend and boarded trains to New York. Mayors of New York, Chicago and Denver are requiring bus operators to coordinate arrivals by threatening impounds, fines and even jail time. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News.
1: Pro-Palestinian demonstrators converged on New York's JFK airport yesterday for the second time in a week.
0: The protests caused dozens of flight delays and access to a busy terminal was restricted.
1: The demonstration caused heavy traffic as a slow-moving caravan of vehicles flew Palestinian flags and shouted slogans. Police blocked off some roads as they tried to slow down the line of cars of the demonstrators.
0: The protest was organized by Within Our Lifetime, a Palestinian-led group. It was promoted as the Flood JFK for Gaza protest. A video reportedly showing balloons floating above the airport was shared online after the protest.
1: Whether the balloons were connected to the protest is unknown. The New York Post reported that the FBI is investigating the incident. Police said the protesters later headed to LaGuardia Airport but were blocked by police from entering.
0: Stay with us. The U.S. is bringing home an aircraft carrier from the Middle East. One is still there. Are two necessary? And will bringing one home make the U.S. more prepared for other potential conflicts? A retired Navy officer shares his insight in a moment.
1: Good to have you back. After months of extra duty at sea providing protection for Israel, the USS Gerard r Ford aircraft carrier strike group is soon heading home.
0: The Navy announced the move yesterday and said the Ford will set out in the coming days.
1: The Ford Strike Group will be replaced by the amphibious assault ship the USS Bataan and is accompanying warships the USS Mesa Verde and the USS Carter Hall. The three vessels had been in the Red Sea and have been moving toward the eastern Mediterranean over the last few days.
0: The Ford and the USS Eisenhower have been part of a two-carrier presence during the Israel-Hamas war set to deter any aggressors looking to join the conflict. And to learn more about the return of the USS Gerald Ford from the Middle East, we hear from Lieutenant Commander Stephen Rogers, a retired U.S. Navy officer at the Office of Naval Intelligence. Lieutenant Commander Rogers, thank you so much for coming on the show today.
10: My pleasure. Thank you. The
0: USS Gerald Ford's mission has apparently been successful in that Iran's national forces outside of that destroyer dispatch to the Red Sea have not entered the conflict. Now, do you think that this is a necessary step to keep two carriers there, or is it wise to bring it home?
10: Well, look, we always have to bring our carriers home to give the crew rest, to uh, replenish the carrier. But certainly one carrier uh, is enough, but uh, we want to make sure that the Iranian government and other organizations, terrorist organizations and nations uh, have a very clear message that uh, if they cross the line and they begin uh, to act in a way that will escalate this uh, war, the United States is fully prepared to deal with it. So the one carrier out there is enough. And uh, believe me, uh, when you look at an aircraft carrier over your horizon, uh, that's something you don't want to play with.
0: Right, and having two carriers, there is certainly a bolstered projection of power for the United States in the region. And analysts say it gives Washington options, whereas it's the destroyer fleets that actually carry out the day-to-day operations. Do you think that these destroyers will be able to pick up the slack for the lack of that second carrier?
10: Oh, no doubt about it. Look, uh, you've got the destroyers, you've got the frigates, you've got uh, the air power, you've got uh, submarines. Uh, the United States Navy is the most potent lethal weapon of the US military uh, worldwide. So anyone who has any idea that they think they could challenge the Navy and win, well, they're gonna learn something very quickly with or without a carrier.
0: And those destroyers have certainly been very busy. The three in the Middle East have shot down 38 drones that were causing havoc there. Do you think that the actual resupply will enable the United States to be more prepared if a hot war does break out involving the US directly?
10: Well, the good thing about the United States Navy, we're prepared 24 hours a day, seven days a week uh, during wartime and peacetime. So anyone who tries to uh, cross that line, like I said earlier, uh, and and challenge the U.S. Navy or the free world anywhere, including our allies, by the way, uh, they're going to be met with some powerful lethal force uh, if the U.S. Navy decides to unleash all of its firepower.
0: So, Lieutenant Commander Rogers, what are some of the capabilities that these ships that have now replaced the aircraft carrier have?
10: Well, to begin with, you've got anti-submarine warfare equipment on some of these ships, cruise missiles, uh, helicopters that we saw go into action the other day. Uh, They've got enough firepower, believe me, uh, to do what is necessary to not only neutralize an enemy, but to destroy them. Uh, And uh, so I I have absolutely no worries or concerns that our US Navy cannot uh, handle anything that comes its way. They will, and uh, if necessary, Uh, They're going to use lethal power. Look, I think our enemies, especially Iran, is sorely underestimating the United States Navy. Uh, If they cross that line, well, the United States Navy is going to do what it must to protect uh, our assets as well as the free world.
0: Right, and the Mesa Verde that's now accompanying the Bataan ship, it has about 2,000 Marines on board that the Sixth Fleet says can carry out a wide range of operations there. What do you think is the significance of Iran sending one of its own destroyers to the Red Sea?
10: Well, I think it's foolhardy. Uh, I believe that um, that there's really no significance to us because uh, we could eliminate that uh, uh, ship very, very quickly. Look, Iran is trying to bully us. They're trying to intimidate us. They have the idea that the United States Navy is not gonna respond. Now, I believe we should have responded with much more lethal force before today, but uh, we have a plan, we have a strategy. It's effective, it's working. So uh, Iran has to be very, very careful And and one thing, I always worry about a mishap, something going wrong that should not go wrong as a result of human error. It won't happen on our side. It may happen on their side, and they might trigger something that they regret.
0: Well, yeah, certainly the U.S. military is not shy, given that they have taken out about 10 of those Houthi terrorists operating there. Lieutenant Commander Stephen Rogers, U.S. retired, retired U.S. Navy officer at the Office of Naval Intelligence, thank you so much for your input here.
10: My pleasure. Thank you.
1: Israeli forces have been making steady progress against Hamas terrorists in the Gaza Strip, so much that Israel's defense minister just said that residents of some Israeli villages near the Gaza border
0: will soon return home. Could this be a new phase in the war? Entities' Jason Perry has the latest.
11: IDF is learning more about the terrorist group's method of operations, as seen in this footage from a body camera found on a terrorist. This man is seen casually walking in broad daylight with a rocket-propelled grenade launcher under a blanket. He was later seen firing it from a residence at an Israeli tank. Israel Defense Forces continue to face the challenge of distinguishing Hamas terrorists from the civilian population, but it appears they are making significant progress, even letting some soldiers go home. Some of the reservist soldiers will return to their families and their jobs this week. This will
12: allow a significant relief for the economy and will allow them to gather strength ahead of the coming activities in the next year, and the fighting will continue and we will need them. These adjustments are meant to ensure planning and preparation for the rest of
10: 2024.
11: And Israel's defense minister made another significant announcement, saying that some villages near the Gaza border that were evacuated because of the October 7th attacks will be allowed to return home soon. But as the IDF continues to make progress towards defeating Hamas, many questions still remain about how the Gaza Strip will be governed after the war is over. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said over the weekend that the Gaza Strip's border with Egypt should be under Israel's control. He also said that they will ensure that Gaza is no longer a threat to Israel, that there will be no element in Gaza that finances terrorism, educates its children for terrorism, or pays the family members of terrorists. Jason Perry, NTD News. Well, yeah, and on this,
0: Israel has to think long-term, given that they're saying that this war could carry out the rest of the year.
1: Right. Lieutenant uh, Colonel Peter Lerner yesterday said that it would... Uh, help the economy, boost the economy by sending them home for a little bit. Of course, they will have to gather their strength. And um, I think he was touching a little bit on how on-the-ground fighting allows this kind of condition right now. But I also wonder, you know, how many people are actually able to return at this point, and it must not be easy to go home and seeing the pieces, picking up the pieces, or maybe it will help them, you know, come find some closure.
0: Right, exactly. And a strong economy is a key element to a bolstered war effort.
1: Yeah. Um, and we're staying with Israel actually. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's efforts to change the judicial system are meeting a major roadblock.
0: The country's Supreme Court yesterday struck down a law that was part of that judicial overhaul.
1: The new land law had removed one but not all of the Supreme Court's tools for quashing government decisions and appointments. It had taken away the court's ability to void such decisions that it deemed unreasonable.
0: The law was part of a broader judicial overhaul proposed by Netanyahu and his coalition partners. It rolled back some of the high court's power and sparked nationwide protests since the beginning of 2023 before the war with Hamas.
1: THE ISRAELI SUPREME COURT RULED 8-7 to seven AGAINST THE LAW. JUDGES SAY THEY BELIEVE THE LAW WOULD SEVERELY DAMAGE ISRAEL'S DEMOCRACY. THE COURT DECISION COULD BRING POLITICAL DIVISION BACK TO ISRAEL. NETANYAHU'S PARTY REACTED, SAYING THE RULING IS BAD FOR NATIONAL UNITY DURING A TIME OF WAR.
0: YEAH, WE SAW MASSIVE PROTESTS AFTER THAT.
1: ABSOLUTELY. and I th- MANY ANALYSTS WERE SAYING THAT THIS DIVISION WAS THE CHANCE THAT HAMAS SAW in the country to take the chance, right, so. um
0: Something to keep into account.
1: Absolutely, yeah. just to keep an eye on.
0: We're heading to break here. The new year brings new movies to theaters. We take a look at some highly anticipated films coming out in 2024, from long-awaited sequels to Hollywood originals. So Stay tuned to find out. I'm excited about this next package here
1: oh yeah me too uh, first of all welcome back of course everyone and Again, Happy New Year for everybody that missed yesterday's show, which I totally understand because this is quite early after New Year.
0: Yeah, and that movie, Migration, it's got a lot of comic relief in there. A lot of fun stuff for the kids, too.
1: Yeah, here we go. He's already teasing a little bit what we've got coming here, because as we enter 2024, let's take a sneak peek of the movies coming out this year.
0: Yeah, from long awaited sequels to originals, there's plenty to look forward to. Check it out. Hold on.
13: Director Matthew Vaughn's Argyle will hit the theaters on February 2nd. It's a spy comedy based on the novel by Ellie Conway. Argyle tells the story about a spy novelist being drawn into a real-life espionage plot. The cast includes Bryce Dallas Howard, Henry Cavill, Sam Rockwell, and Brian Cranston. Author
10: Argyle
3: series, Conway! I am
13: such a fan! Oh yeah? What is it you do?
10: Espionage.
12: Would
0: you sign my book?
10: Here we go. I
9: love this book. Come on.
4: Who are these people?
10: Real-life spies.
4: Why would they care about me?
10: Because you're a goddamn fortune teller, Ellie. You when you wrote in your new book actually happened and you kicked a hornet's nest you didn't even know existed.
4: I'm in
3: some really big trouble, Mom. Oh, so now you're experimenting with drugs.
13: On February 9th, A new animation movie from Illumination, the studio that created the minions, Migration, tells the story of a family of ducks getting lost in New York City while they're on their way to Jamaica.
4: They must be migrating.
13: Migration? What a stupid idea.
4: Okay, you're impossible. Because I found a safe place
13: for us to live.
8: I want us to get out and see the world.
13: What sort of father would I be if I put my young fowl in harm's way for no reason except a chance at a Caribbean vacation?
8: I don't want to miss out on life because you're afraid to leave this pond.
13: Here we go. Tail for the torsion. Check. Wing deployment. Check. Let's fly. The sun is through with just a cloud.
4: The only birds heading this way. What is this place?
13: <gasps> Migration's voice cast will include Aquafina, Elizabeth Banks, and Danny DeVito. What
9: that? Doc-o-la-range. What's that?
3: Docal What's It's you with Larange on top.
9: I'm not going to be the dragon warrior anymore.
13: You will advance to spiritual leader of the valley of peace. Inner peace.
9: Inner peace. Keep your surf off my turf.
12: Dinner, please. Dinner with peas in
13: a sesame soy glaze.
12: This is not working at all.
13: Next, on March 8th. The Kung Fu Panda series will return with its latest movie. In this fourth installment, beloved giant panda Po will retire and become a spiritual leader, but he must train a fox to be his successor.
9: Being the Dragon Warrior, it's who I am. Skidosh.
13: What do I know about being a spiritual leader? What is it you're holding? A cookie? Ah! You were chosen to become something more than you already are.
12: <gasps> <coughs> Hallelujah. Have you ever had a dream about your first ride?
13: Don't try to impress anyone. You're brave, we all know that. Another much anticipated sequel will be Dune, Part 2. Out on March 13th, director Denis Villeneuve says one of the main highlights of the movie will be the romance between Paul Outreides and Chani, played by Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya. Unlike part 1 of the movie, this latest sequel will be released in theaters only. Be simple, be direct. I understand. Three, two, one. I was a young boy living in the city.
11: Over the next 10 days, these athletes will cross 400 miles climbing, biking, and kayaking. Let's talk again. the meatballs. Three days, 200 miles ago. Leave the stupid dog and let's go. Come on. Boo!
10: Dumb dog. What is it, boy? Oh
9: can't believe I almost walked right off that cliff. Extra meatballs for you, my friend.
10: (laughs) On
13: March 22nd, Lionsgate will release its adventure film, Arthur the King. It's based on a true story in racer Michael Lindnord's memoir. In the book, the author recounted the story of an adventure race in 2014, and how a stray dog named Arthur traveled with him.
9: Arthur the King! (laughs) (laughs) How's he doing?
11: He's been through so much. This dog needs a vet. I don't want you to hurt anymore. No. He's a fighter.
3: Just like you.
7: Feel...
0: What is that?
12: That's not Kong. Who <laughs> could have done this?
13: And then on April 12th comes Godzilla and Kong, the new empire. This time, the two monsters won't be fighting each other. Godzilla and King Kong instead team up to save the world from another apex predator.
9: Kong can't stop this on his own. He won't be alone. And that's how I adopted John.
13: <laughs> okay. Another animation feature film to expect in 2024 is The Garfield Movie. Garfield goes on a wild outdoor adventure and has an unexpected reunion with his long-lost father. Hey, you? this is Vic, my
3: father. You ever jumped a train?
13: I've
5: never jumped.
3: Here's that stop!
5: Really? Where? <laughs>
3: Boney, you think he'd see that
7: coming
1: I deserve to be with somebody man so many good movies to look forward to
0: yeah a lot of animations
1: yeah i think but i i think i'm most excited for argyle and um, dune 2 i know my husband is really excited for dune 2 so i think i'm probably going to see that Goodness, and most of those movie. Yeah, and most of those come in in the first quarter, so pretty soon. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, and this whole segment was like a walk down memory lane for me. I remember watching Garfield and Friends growing oh. up. Yeah, it's good stuff. And I played the game Dune before it was even a movie.
1: Oh, really? Yeah,
0: before it was cool.
1: Oh, there you go. So you must have watched this too. Yeah, Dune, The first one at least. I,
0: yeah. I played the Atreides team, and you know, there's the worms that'll get you. <laughs> yeah, when you're out there getting all that spice.
1: Oh, so a big fan, I guess. Yeah,
0: it was cool. Real-time strategy. (laughs) Mm.
1: Well, we're staying with uh, related news. Disney's early Mickey Mouse animation entered public domain yesterday. The copyright expired according to U.S. law after 95 years. The
0: iconic character started life as the star of Steamboat Willie. The short cartoon was released in 1928.
1: Over the last 90 years, Mickey Mouse became became world-famous, appearing on clothing, housewares, and even food. Mickey Mouse has been in hundreds of movies, video games, and television shows, most notably Fantasia.
0: That was a good one. Only the 1928 versions of Mickey Mouse entered the public domain yesterday. Disney retains copyright over all later versions of the iconic mouse. Other notable works entering public domain were Winnie the Pooh's character Tigger and the Peter the Pan book some of Cole Porter's music, and Charlie Chaplin's silent movie, The Circus.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, still in memory lane with me, watching that Fantasia. Ah, it's great. A
1: blast from the past.
0: Yeah, now Mickey Mouse is just a household name.
1: Exactly, yeah, who would've thought back then, huh?
0: (laughs) Right, so we're gonna head to break here and one of the largest New Year's Day celebrations dazzled Southern Californians. Christina Corona brings us the highlights from this year's Rose Bowl parade after the break.
1: Huskies in Finland take tourists on a journey through Finland's snowy forests, running dozens of miles a day. Stay tuned for a closer look at these amazing animals. Welcome back. We are going to California The Rose Bowl Parade is one of the largest New Year's Day celebrations, dazzling with intricate floats and vibrant energy.
0: And today's Christina Corona brings us more from Pasadena, California.
4: We're here in Pasadena at the 135th annual New Year's Day Rose Parade, featuring floral floats, equestrian units, marching band, and much more. Let's take a look and see what this year has to offer. Thousands of spectators came out to Colorado Boulevard to see the beautifully crafted floats. This year's theme of the parade is celebrating a world of music, the universal language. Tournament of the Roses president, Alex Agajanian, said the theme was chosen because, in a world of different cultures, beliefs, hopes, and dreams, one language unites us all, music. The grand marshal at this year's parade is Grammy and Emmy Award-winning actress and singer, Audra McDonald. Some musicians that performed were American Idol's Jordan Sparks, former Destiny's Child member, Michelle Williams, Illinois a cappella group, Straight No Chaser, and Emmy-nominated songwriter, Alexander Starr. We spoke to several parade goers who told us what they enjoy most about the Rose Parade.
10: I think it's an up-and-close personal experience to be just close and see the expression on the faces of the bands and the people that put in all the hard work that are marching through this parade that have practiced for countless hours. I'm always intrigued
12: by the marching bands and the the guys that carry those huge tubas and those big giant bass drums for two miles through this parade. uh, It just amazes me.
7: The
3: music, actually, so we're just really excited for anything that has music just for her to dance to and kind of play around with. and see, that's what we're waiting for right now.
4: Each float has a very unique theme and competes to win awards based on their design, presentation and entertainment value.
13: The favorite part is to see the innovative floats, the technology and just the beautiful floral arrangements and each float has a, a, does something for the community and we here try to support that.
4: From dancing elements to the most beautiful flowers to huge alligators, the Rose Parade has it all. Happy New Year, Christina Corona, NTD News, Pasadena.
1: Exciting. Now let's head over to Finland, Lapland to be precise, where it's the Huskies' favorite time of year.
0: Yes, and what makes it so special is that they take tourists through Finland's snowy forests. The dogs run dozens of miles a day for one of the most popular tourist attractions, husky sledding. Here's entities Koste with more.
12: In the snowy forests of Lapland, it's not just Santa riding a sleigh. In Rovaniemi, the capital of Finland's province of Lapland, several companies offer husky sledding tours to visitors.
2: Most of the tours we take on our own private land and the lake in the area, so we have very very beautiful scenery here. We're a bit outside of town of Rovaniemi, so it gives a little bit more remote wilderness feeling as well.
12: With only three hours of daylight a day in the winter months, huskies are doing their runs back to back, managing around three tours daily in groups of three to six, covering around 30 miles per day.
2: It's not that we're struggling to cope, but we are, it is hard work. Um, We have not only Changed up certain routines in our kennels for the benefit of the dogs, um, but we are also experiencing then the extra uh, demand and the supply. What we are trying the tours that we are doing, so this two combinations makes it a rather rough December for us.
12: The kennel currently houses just over a hundred dogs in total, including 60 that are working. Dogs typically work from age two to around eight or nine. Bear Hill Husky makes sure the dogs are well taken care of through careful breeding and by providing spacious kennels. The company also has a no-kill policy for older dogs, which they attempt to rehome once their running days are behind them. The positive feedback from happy customers speaks for itself.
8: We just like sat in the sledge and the husky was like pulling us. Yeah, like really cute.
0: The experience was incredible. Uh, when we first got here, obviously you're looking at the sled, uh, trying to decide, you know, how it's going to be. Uh, definitely that intimidating feeling. But once you see the dogs get on the sled and everybody, you know, pretty much gels together.
12: According to the local tourist board, this winter season is expected to be a record breaker. Exceeding even pre pandemic levels, with double the amount of direct flights to the city this past December. Reporting by Costa Menez and TD News.
1: Man, that definitely is high up on my bu- uh, bucket list, too.
12: Yeah, it looks like Dog a good riding. experience. Yeah, that Absolutely. remote
0: wilderness can do you a lot of good. I've spent some time out in the woods, in the desert, and it's just great. Clear the mind.
1: Right? Yeah. Uh, Anyway, we're heading to our second part of the broadcast, but we'll be back in just one minute. So stay with us.
11: There are real consequences to controlled media. And NTD's founders know them firsthand. Our freedom of thought is the price. This is the lesson that guides us in everything we do.
9: So there's the tear gas there.
11: We know the value of a free society. And we take seriously the responsibility to preserve it. We. Are NTD
0: good morning welcome to NTD
1: good morning here are today's top stories election year is upon us as we enter 2024 we take a look at a potential rematch between former President Trump and President Biden.
0: New Jersey officials say GOP governors have found a loophole in migrant busing rules as Texas began flying hundreds north to Illinois on New Year's Day. More updates on the illegal immigration crisis.
1: Harvard University President Claudine Gay facing new allegations find out what's causing controversy now in her old work.
0: South Korea's opposition leader stabbed on the campaign trail. Details of the attack and the politicians' condition. Iran sends a warship
1: into the Red Sea and blames the U.S. and U.K. for increasing instability in the region. This after U.S. Navy forces thwarted a Houthi attack on a cargo ship over the weekend.
0: The death toll continues to rise in Japan following the massive New Year's Day earthquake. We give you the latest information.
2: This is NTD Good Morning. Live from our global headquarters, here are Evelyn Lee and Kevin Hogan.
0: Welcome to NTD.
1: Welcome, everyone, uh, everybody. Today is Tuesday, January 2nd, and we're heading to today's top news. The home of Maine Secretary of State was swatted last week. Police responding to a fake burglary call arrived at Shana home Friday.
0: It came a day after she disqualified former President Trump from Maine's primary ballot. And today's Arlene Richards has more.
7: Just one day after removing former President Trump from Maine's ballot, Secretary of State Shenna Bellows said her home was swatted. Swatting is the act of calling in a fake emergency with the intent of getting a large police response to show up at the residence. In a social media post, Bellows said law enforcement responded to a fake emergency call on Friday. The Maine state police confirmed that an unknown male called saying that he had broken into a home. Bello said her home address was posted online and that she was away for the holiday when police arrived. In an interview, she thanked law enforcement.
4: I was prepared for the possibility of threats, and I really appreciate uh, law enforcement and the people around me who have been uh, incredibly supportive of my safety and security. Uh, My safety and security is important. So is the safety and security of everyone who works with me and we have received threatening communications, those are unacceptable.
7: She said in her social media post that her staff endured nonstop threatening communications designed to scare not only me, but also others into silence to send a message. On Thursday, Bellows made a historic ruling to take Trump off the 2024 primary ballot in Maine. She ruled that Trump violated the 14th Amendment and his oath of office by engaging in an insurrection on January 6, 2021. At least one Republican lawmaker like you know. thinks Bellows you should be like impeached you know. for her ruling. Gonna... State Representative John Andrews, a Republican, called the decision hyper on full display. Andrews said he put the state revisor's office on notice that he wants an impeachment proceeding. U.S. lawmakers have shown bipartisan opposition to the ruling. Democrat Jared Golden said until Trump is found guilty of the crime of insurrection, he should be allowed on the ballot. Bellows has said she followed the Constitution and the rule of law, and that no one should be threatened for doing their job. Speaking of doing their job, Governor Ron DeSantis says if he gets into the White House, he will pardon Trump.
2: Well, I've already said that long ago. I mean, I think we got to move on as a country.
7: At a campaign stop in Iowa on Friday, DeSantis told a reporter that divisions are just not in the country's interest. Arlene Richards, NTD News.
1: And joining me now for an outlook into this election year is a former congressman and retired Lieutenant Colonel Alan West. He's the executive director of the American Constitutional Rights Union. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. It's So I want to start with this because we, we're likely we'll see a rematch between President Biden and former President Trump. So can you start by telling us a little bit more about how they're doing right now? What do the polls tell us?
2: Well, Evelyn, it's good to be with you and Happy New Year. I will tell you that it's not uh, a done deal that we will have that rematch between former President Trump and President Biden. As you know, with the Democrat process, they have this thing called superdelegates at their convention. So it could go all the way to their convention. We could see some type of change, some type of candidate be introduced there. And I think that when you look at Joe Biden's polling, it is just abysmal and it's causing a lot of concern and consternation for the progressive socialist left. And when you look at his handling of the uh, israel hamas uh, issue, uh, he's losing a lot of support with young voters because they think that he should be tougher on Israel. Uh, and he's trying to walk a very thin line. So I don't know if we're gonna see that, uh, that come to fruition in uh, November, 2024.
1: So tell me more about uh, where Trump's supporter base is right now as well, and what topics does he have to hit on before the election?
2: I think it's so important that President Trump continues to talk about where the country was when he left in uh, 2021 as far as our economic security, our energy security, our national security, foreign policy, our border security, our domestic security, and he needs to draw that contrast. The thing for President Trump is that he has to take the narrative back over, not allow it to be about insurrection and all of these false narratives that the left is trying to uh, purport.
1: But for President Biden right now, at least it seems for him, at least it seems that you know the economy is a strong point now. What do you think about that?
2: I don't think the economy is a strong point for Joe Biden. As a matter of fact, you are not seeing many of his team talk about Bidenomics anymore. Uh, When you go out there and you talk to people on the streets. They are still hurting from the uh, you know, high cost of inflation when it looks at food, commodity prices, gasoline prices. You see credit card debt is at an all-time high, so no, the American people aren't feeling any type of economic relief.
1: Hmm. Let's talk about the independents as well. so there are some surprisingly strong independent candidates this cycle. So do you expect some sh- what kind of sh- shake-ups do you expect coming from there?
2: Well, I think that that's going to draw more away from Joe Biden. It's just the same as when you go back and you had Ross Perot uh, that interjected himself into the race with Bill Clinton and HW uh, Bush, and you saw him take a lot away from HW Bush and Clinton ended up winning. So I think that when you look at Cornell West, when you look at RFK Jr., when you look at Jill uh, Stein and some of these other people that are running out there, it's going to really hurt that uh, progressive left base and it's going to be an interesting uh, convention for them later on this year. Mm.
1: Let me also touch on, or please give us an update on Trump's appeal in uh, Colorado and Maine. So what's the process there until it goes to the Supreme Court eventually? When, when, or when will we have actually see that happen?
2: Well, I think the appeal in Colorado means that everything stays as normal. He's still on the ballot. But the Supreme Court has to take up this case, and they have to put a kibosh on all of this. And when you look at what the secretary of state in Maine did, it was not constitutional whatsoever. The Section 3 of the 14th Amendment was about those members who had served in the United States Senate, United States Congress, took a note to support and defend the Constitution. And then, of course, they took up arms with the Confederacy. That's part of the insurrection. Donald Trump has never been charged with insurrection. As a matter of fact, no one really from the whole January 6th debacle has been charged with insurrection. That's just, again, one of the false narratives of the left. But if they continue to go down this path of what I call lawfare, they're just making him stronger. Hmm,
1: I see. Yeah, numbers certainly point that way as well for uh, former President Donald Trump. Well, unfortunately, that's all the time we have this morning. Thank you so much, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, and Happy New Year to you as well.
2: Thank you, Evelyn. Happy New Year. God bless you all.
1: And next, we have an update on the border crisis. California is now the first state to offer all illegal immigrants universal health insurance. Over 700,000 living in the state illegally gained access to free health care yesterday.
0: That's under California's Medicaid program, Medi-Cal. State officials estimate it will eventually cost taxpayers over $3 billion a year. California Governor Gavin Newsom's office told ABC News that everyone deserves access to health care regardless of income or immigration status.
1: In Maryland last month, Howard County officials defended creating a school board seat exclusively for a student that only public school students can vote in. Residents challenging the practice say it's unconstitutional and discriminating, partly because it excludes students from religious schools. The matter is now in appeals court.
0: The Howard County attorney says that same process, if used to create a board seat for illegal immigrants using the same reserved vote, would not violate the 14th Amendment. Meanwhile, Texas Governor Greg Abbott seems to have found a workaround to New York City ordinances that limit busing. Entities Jeremy Sandberg tells us more.
9: Hundreds of illegal immigrants flown out from Texas landed in Rockford, Illinois, early New Year's Day, a continuation of a policy of sending migrants to Democratic-led cities. A Boeing 777 landed around 1 a.m. at Chicago Rockford International, carrying over 350 illegal immigrants. Local media says they were put on charter buses. Republican Governor Greg Abbott says his campaign to send thousands north to Democrat-controlled cities is being done to take the strain off-border cities and to pressure Democrats. Texas says it's targeting Chicago, a so-called sanctuary city that limits cooperation with Federal Immigration Enforcement. Monday's flight appears to be in response to a Chicago City ordinance that fines bus companies who drop migrants off without notice. In New Jersey, illegal immigrants headed for New York City are being dropped off by buses to use train stations instead. A spokesman for New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy says the state is now being used as a transit point for migrants. Caucus Mayor Michael Ginelli called it a loophole to bypass New York City Mayor Eric Adams' new executive order limiting arrivals. Ginelli said four busloads arrived over the weekend and boarded trains to New York. Mayors of New York, Chicago and Denver are requiring bus operators to coordinate arrivals by threatening impounds, fines and even jail time. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News.
1: Harvard University President Claudine Gay is in the hot seat again.
0: She is facing six new accusations of plagiarism, bringing the total to nearly 50.
1: This means that more than half her published works are now involved in the ongoing scandal.
0: One of the new charges relates to a 2001 article where she allegedly copied almost half a page from another scholar, David Cannon, without giving proper credit, according to the Free Beacon.
1: Despite the allegations, Cannon, the original author, claims he's not worried about it and doesn't see it as academic plagiarism.
0: Harvard announced last week that Gay plans to submit corrections to her 1997 Ph.D. dissertation to correct instances of what she called inadequate citation.
1: Pro-Palestinian demonstrators converged on New York's JFK airport yesterday for the second time in a week.
0: The protests caused dozens of flight delays and access to a busy terminal was restricted.
1: The demonstration caused heavy traffic as a slow-moving caravan of vehicles flew Palestinian flags and shouted slogans. Police blocked off some roads as they tried to slow down the line of cars of the demonstrators.
0: The protest was organized by Within Our Lifetime, a Palestinian-led group. It was promoted as the Flood JFK for Gaza protest. A video reportedly showing balloons floating above the airport was shared online after the protest.
1: Whether the balloons were connected to the protest is unknown. The New York Post reported that the FBI is investigating the incident. Police said the protesters later headed to LaGuardia Airport but were blocked by police from entering. Coming up, South Korea's opposition leader stabbed on the campaign trail. We have details on the attack and the politicians' condition.
0: Reports from Japan show an increase in the death toll caused by the devastating earthquake there. Here the latest information.
1: Iran sends a warship into the Red Sea and blames the U.S. and U.K. for increasing instability in the region. This after U.S. Navy forces thwarted a Houthi attack on a cargo ship over the weekend.
0: The end of 2023 was celebrated by fireworks from cities around the world and a light show from space. Stay tuned for the spectacular images captured by NASA.
1: Good morning and welcome back. South Korea's opposition Democratic Party leader Lee Jae-myung was stabbed in the neck today.
0: The politician was on the campaign trail in the southern city of Busan. Lee was touring the site of a proposed airport, according to the Yonhap News Agency.
1: Footage shows an attacker lunging at him with a knife among a crowd of supporters and TV reporters.
0: Lee collapsed to the ground before the assailant was subdued and taken into police custody.
1: News reports say the attacker was in his 50s or 60s, wearing a paper crown with Lee's autographed name on it.
0: Lee was quickly airlifted to a nearby hospital for treatment. Police say that he is conscious and not in critical condition, but his exact status is unknown. We'll keep you updated.
1: Reports from the devastating New Year's Day earthquake that hit western Japan are coming in. Officials say at least 48 people were killed and tens of thousands are without power. But the problems may not be over yet. Experts warn there is a chance that more quakes will rock the area. Here's what we know so far.
3: On a day the calendar turned to a new year, Western Japan felt the earth move with it. This woman said, my city is in a terrible situation with fears things could get worse. The earthquake had a depth of about six miles, triggering tsunami warnings along the West Coast. Eventually, the warnings were canceled as the threat of larger waves passed, though advisories continued for Western Japan, a region unaccustomed to this level of disruption.
4: People there have earthquakes probably over
3: the years but this is to my knowledge the biggest earthquake by far so people haven't don't have experience with an earthquake this size cameras captured what it looked like Felt like as the 7.5 magnitude earthquake hit around 4 in the afternoon on a holiday. How people ducked for cover and couldn't quite believe their eyes in the moment. Next challenge assessing the damage. At least 33,000 homes without power. About 1,400 passengers stranded on bullet trains brought to a standstill all while roads are damaged, buildings collapsed. President Joe Biden said in a statement, the U.S. stands ready to provide any necessary assistance to Japan and to its people who have weathered more than 30 aftershocks with more likely.
10: I would be concerned about it uh, having significant aftershocks
1: over the coming months or even another year.
3: A year of potential reminders of what happened this first day of January.
1: At least 1,000 Japanese troops are on the job. 8,500 more are on standby helping to search, rescue and clean up. So far, plants are operating normally and no damages have been reported.
0: The death toll and injury numbers may rise, with reports that there could still be people buried under the rubble of destroyed houses.
1: Going over to Iran, Iran reportedly sent a warship to the Red Sea, accusing the U.S. and the U.K. of increasing instability in the region.
0: Iranian state media said one of Iran's destroyers entered from the Gulf of Aden yesterday.
1: The move comes after U.S. helicopters sunk three Houthi boats over the weekend, killing the pirates on board. The U.S. was responding to a distress call from a cargo ship under fire from Houthi forces.
0: The Houthis say 10 of their combatants were killed and warned of consequences. Iran's foreign ministry says the action by the U.S. will raise regional and international concerns about security in the region.
1: U.S. Central Command says verbal warnings were first given to the Houthis and that they had reacted by shooting at the helicopters.
0: The White House says it is not seeking a wider conflict in the Middle East. The UK says it won't hesitate to take direct action to deter threats to navigation in the Red Sea.
1: After months of extra duty at sea providing protection for Israel, the USS Gerald R. Ford Aircraft Carrier Strike Group is soon heading home.
0: The Navy announced the move yesterday and said the Ford will set out in the coming days.
1: The Ford strike group will be replaced by the amphibious assault ship, the USS Bataan, and its accompanying warships, the USS Mesa Verde and the USS Carter Hall. The three vessels had been in the Red Sea and have been moving toward the eastern Mediterranean over the last few days.
0: The Ford and the USS Eisenhower have been part of a two-carrier presence during the Israel-Hamas war set to deter any aggressors looking to join the conflict.
1: Are the Houthis serving China's interests? A professor at a Chinese military university says attacks in the Red Sea by the Iran-backed militia are doing China a big favor.
0: I wanted to learn more about this, so I spoke with retired Army Colonel John Mills, who's also a senior fellow at the Center for Security Policy. Take a look. Yeah, thank
5: you, Kevin. Uh, This is interesting. I don't know if the professor was just kind of playing along with this. I mean, I believe the Houthis are receiving direct guidance from Iran, which is receiving direct guidance from China to conduct this. But this professor made it said, "Well, these the Houthis are essentially accomplishing China's goal of shutting down uh, trade in the West." Uh, we now have, uh, I believe, it's 19 attacks. Uh, we just had another Mersk line ship with a large. Trying to clarify with Central Command, they said a ballistic missile landed on it. Um, uh, that's kind of a big deal, and so I've asked them to clarify. But this is uh, this is a, 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 an incredible disruption to international trade, what's yes, going absolutely. on here. Yes, absolutely.
0: And this professor is even saying that the Houthis blockade is serving to allow Beijing to double down on their rail interests in the Asian networks that they have there. So this is obviously very serious. What steps do you think the United States needs to take here in order to prevent such a thing from happening in the long term?
5: Well, I think, unfortunately, right now, although the U.S. Navy had been very effective, uh, the Eisenhower Carrier Battle Group just swatted down uh, over the last couple of days, easily a couple of dozen drones, cruise missiles, and Central Command has used the term ballistic missiles. Uh, But I would suggest uh, the U.S. Navy is being overwhelmed. And the operation announced by Secretary of Defense Austin uh the international prosperity garden i'm not sure it's really coming together seamlessly every all the countries seem to be kind of going their own way and doing their own thing so we need a more
0: pervasive presence, but this takes the eye off of Taiwan. And it's very clear that the Houthis are doing this as a retaliation to the strikes that Israel's is launching on the Palestinians in Gaza. Now, Iran is usually pulling the strings here, backing groups like the Houthis. Do you think that Iran is serving China's interests by allowing these Houthis to operate this way?
5: Oh, absolutely, and I and I actually uh, reject any theory or notion that the the Houthis are doing this just because this is all contrived, this is calculated, this is strategic, this is done uh, with in planning coordination with Iran, who is doing this as a proxy of China, and so this is absolutely intentional. What's going on, and we really need to up our game on this.
0: Well, thanks for helping us connect the dots here, the proxy that is the Houthis to Iran, and Iran serving as a proxy to China, tracing it all back. John Mills, retired colonel and senior fellow at the Center for Security Policy, thank you. Thank you, Kevin. Happy New Year to you.
1: And in addition to all the New Year's Eve fireworks set off around the world, 2023 ended with an incredible light show from space.
0: NASA's Solar Dynamics Observatory captured spectacular images of a strong solar flare erupting from the sun. The close-up image of the sun shows a stunning mix of yellow,
1: orange, brown and black colors followed by a bright white flash appearing on the left side of the photo. That's the solar flare.
0: Solar flares are powerful bursts of energy. While beautiful, they can impact radio communications, electric power grids, navigation signals, and even pose a risk to spacecraft and astronauts. Solar flares also cause the vivid, dancing northern lights. Really cool. It looks like an orb there, just like all swirling around.
1: That is cool. And apparently it can last from minutes all the way to a couple of hours. And this one, apparently, I read, is supposedly the strongest in six years.
0: Wow. Yeah, it's really powerful.
1: Yeah. All right. We're uh, wrapping up our show here, but we'll keep you updated with the latest information. Of course, stay tuned for our News Today broadcast at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Thanks for watching. I'm Evelyn Lee.
0: And I'm Kevin Hogan.